You're listening to a Sharesies podcast. Peter, what are some of the kind of red flags that we should be looking out for when it comes to the potential negative aspects of AI? You talked a little bit before about you know, some ethical concerns and maybe there are even environmental concerns around just the, the raw amount of data processing that's needed. What, what are some things that we need to be thinking about? Yeah, actually, that, that environmental aspect is really important. We've seen a lot of companies focus on, particularly listed companies, you know, ESG responsibilities, environmental, social and governance requirements that they have to report on. So a lot of them are increasingly looking at what they call their scope three emissions, where they have to look through their entire supply chain and go, well, we need to account for that. And even if it's another company that is buying offsets or using renewable energy, we need to report on that. Increasingly, that is going to become the norm. And that has been the reason why a lot of companies have got out of anything related to crypto or crypto mining, any um, of those proof of stake type um, blockchain applications that uh, are are quite dirty, considered to be quite dirty because they use so much computing power. So um, we will see a similar thing. If you're a a purely AI or, or heavily draw on AI to analyze content or big sets of data, what are the environmental implications of that? Can you power that stuff using 100% renewable energy? That's for all the big tech players, the public cloud platform providers are, are heading. So they're going to be looking at that very carefully. They're waving the flag for AI, but can they uh, match up the, the environmental credentials? I think the other big thing is just regulation. There's, there's a, a lot of talk all over the world, particularly in the European Union, around a lack of oversight, a lack of transparency into all of this AI. A lot, a lot of lawmakers, politicians are going, hang on a moment, back up the bus. This is all moving too quickly. It's accelerating at a pace we're not comfortable with. And here in New Zealand, we have no oversight. We have no visibility into AI decision-making. It's a black box. It's algorithms that are controlled by companies that we have no idea about the decision-making process. In many cases, we have no ability to query those decisions that were made with AI. We have an AI charter which governs how uh, government departments use AI. It's a voluntary code and um, it's very low key. It doesn't apply, obviously, to the private sector. So insurance companies, health companies, and that is the big danger area. When health companies start using GPT-like technologies to mine their own database of patient records to give them either personalized medicine insights or general trends about how they, the insurance risk of their customers, for instance. That is a game changer. When you move from not just using AI to automate processes, but to automate decision-making, you take that out of the hands of a bunch of insurance policy analysts and you get an algorithm, algorithm to do it. That is a game-changer in terms of doing away with white-collar jobs, efficiencies in your business, better decision-making, less bias, all of that sort of thing. But it's incredibly risky at the moment because we have no standardized processes. We're basically relying on companies doing the right thing. And they don't want to blow their goodwill. They don't want to become untrustworthy companies. That's why Microsoft's president, Brad Smith, he says, bring on the regulation. We actually need regulation 
because otherwise some rogue player is going to blow it for everyone and Microsoft is going to be tarnished by this. That's why the likes of Microsoft got out of the facial recognition game. IBM doesn't do facial recognition. Too dangerous. Too much risk associated with it. So while they parked as aspects of AI and disruptive technologies, at the moment, it's full steam ahead. And the likes of Microsoft and Google are saying, we don't want to miss out on this. We want to be a leader in this field. We want to be the leader because that is a gold mine. That's billions of dollars of revenue that's going to come to us. And the worry is, is that they're moving too fast and there's going to be some major re repercussions. So I think regulation will come. We, as always, will be a laggard in, in that here in New Zealand. We're a, a late follower on a lot of this stuff, which some argue is, is a good thing. I would argue that we need to up our game, up our capability to deal with this in government and in business as well. But fundamentally, overall, AI adoption in New Zealand businesses and in businesses all over the world is very low. So even if we move from the, I think it's 12% in the in the S&P 500 companies that are using AI to a great degree at the moment, if that even moves to 20% or 30%, that is a huge amount of um, potential to improve productivity, which is lagging in our country in particular, to generate new products. And we have to remember, remember that the change is really going to hit white-collar jobs. We always thought that it would be another industrial revolution where all the mechanics and the people on factory lines would be done out of jobs. It's not working out that way. It's going to be knowledge economy jobs that go. So I think it's inherent on all of us to, to think about our own position and how are we going to live with the digital AI assistance around us, taking some of the functions that we do. How do each of us and someone as a content creator looking at, am I still going to have a job in 10 years' time because the likes of generative AI is going to be producing content? What am I going to do? How do I upskill to make the best of those tools and still have a, you know, a decent paying role in 10 years' time? Yeah, it's going to be interesting when uh, the Shared Lunch podcast is hosted by ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs>